Hi, I'm Pat Kelly. And I'm Peter Oldring, and we're the hosts of This Is That. Are you kidding? For over a decade, we were radio's go-to source for completely fabricated news. You must be joking me. And now, we're back in podcast form. We've selected some of our favorite stories from over the years and put them in one convenient location. Sugar in the tap water. Bilingual dog park. Charging to see wildlife. This Is That, coming soon on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello and welcome to Laugh Out Loud. I'm your host, Ali Hassan, and I wanted to start the show today with a shout out to all the comedy lovers in Ottawa and Orleans who came out and sold out the Shankman Center last weekend and made our live recording a massive success. Thank you for a wonderful night. Right, the first comedian I'm going to play today travels all around the world, and I do mean all around the world, as he's about to tell you himself. From last fall at the Okanagan Comedy Festival, here is Lars Kelly. Hello. This crowd has been brilliant. Good to see you. I'm happy to be home. I just got back from three months in Australia, and it's enjoyable there. Um, That's where I was when the world shut down in 2020. Yeah. March 11th, I landed there, and then on March 17th, I was flying to do some shows in Tasmania, and I landed at the Melbourne airport to make a connection, and our prime minister was on Australian televisions. Yeah, that's probably not good news, right? (laughs) So I'm there, and if you recall, he came out of his little hut, his little cottage, and he came up to his podium, and I thought, please don't see your shadow. (laughs) Six more weeks of COVID, I thought. But he looked directly into the camera and he said, if you are abroad, you need to come home now. And I thought, you can't call them that. (laughs) That is definitely not the right term, Justin. (laughs) There have been some updates. (laughs) Um, There's an interesting phenomenon that takes place when you spend time overseas, three months in Australia. You stop hearing the Australian accent. You're immersed in it, so you just stop hearing it. And then when you hear the Canadian accent again, it is jarring. (laughs) I love our country. I'm I'm proud to be Canadian, but I didn't realize that, how's it going, eh, is not sexy anywhere. I was doing a show in Perth. I walk on stage, say, I'm happy to be here tonight. I learn later, there's a girl from Calgary in the front row sitting next to an Australian. And when I said, I'm happy to be here, she looked at her friend and said out loud, is that how I sound? Her friend said, yeah, that's exactly how you sound. And she went, ugh. I enjoyed that one clap very much. I hope they leave that in. That'll be my favorite part of the show where the person went, are we going to clap at this one? Nope, just me, one time. (laughs) When you listen back to this, I hope you know it's you. Like you go, that was me. That was my big moment right there. (laughs) There's a wine called 19 Crimes. It's from Australia, if you're familiar with it. It's a lower-end wine. It's, it's fine. Um, I don't know if you know this. The 19 crimes, the reason that they named it that, is because there were 19 crimes punishable by transportation. 
So those were the crimes that would get you sent from England over to Australia. And I prepared the list for you. You can just Google it yourself if you're listening to this at home, but I'll just read a couple of them. I'm not going to read them all. So uh, these were the crimes that were punishable by transportation. Okay? Number one, grand larceny, theft above one shilling. Yeah, if you stole anything over a shilling, you got sent to Australia. Number two on the list, petty larceny, theft under one shilling. <laughs> I feel like the list could have been 18. <laughs> but also, the guy who owned the one shilling store, he'd be like, to get away with it then. Anything worth one shilling, like over and above, you're fine. But anyway, this is the, the funniest one on the list is number five. Impersonating an Egyptian. Was that a big problem in jolly old England? You know what I hate? Anybody who sings a bangle song. I don't know, I don't know if I can sing it. Copyrights. Um, so, do it. Um, I met a female human one year ago. Yeah, I was doing a show in Penticton, and I finished the show, and a beautiful human came up and said, would you like to have a drink with me? And I said, no. <laughs> and she said, what? She's like, well, have a drink with me. And I said, I'm very flattered, but no thank you. And here's the reason I said no. This is the honest reason. She is so beautiful that I thought, there's no way this is a date. This is going to be multi-level marketing. <laughs> I'm going to be halfway through my pint and she's going to say, do you know about essential oils? That is... That is coming. But I went for a drink with her uh, after she asked a few times and a year later, I, I can say this, and I've never, in my 40s, I've never been engaged, never been married. In the first five minutes, I knew she was the one. That's never happened. I went, this is the person I'm going to marry. And... It has been amazing. The last year has just been the best of my life. And she asked this the other day, is there anything about me you would change? And I said, obviously. I... <laughs> I have a list in the notes on my phone. No, there's really, there's really only one. There's honestly everything. She's smart and funny and kind, loves animals. There's just one. And I don't know if this is a problem in your relationships. It's uh, uh, her work stories. Yeah. Ladies, you are the most beautiful thing on the planet. You are the best part of Earth. As storytellers, <laughs> you could use an editor, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I come home, and she says, today at work, and I think, something happened at work. We're about to find out what. <laughs> no, you're not. You'll probably never find out what happened at work. You're about to get six hours of character development. <laughs> Occasionally she forgets where her own story is going. What was I saying? I lost the plot three hours ago. I have no idea where this is headed. All I know is wardrobe. I know Cheryl dresses like a trollop, comes in late all the time. That's the only thing I've learned in the past day and a half. Wrap it up, Tolkien. I... She's amazing. I want to be, I, I don't know, I, want, I really want it to work. I've been reading the uh, relationship books. I've read The Love Languages, which I recommend, and uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. That was written by a man. It's like a little slanted, I thought, from a male perspective. But uh, one of the things 
genuinely fascinates me, female curiosity. I love it. Every time we have a meal at a restaurant, whenever we eat out together, she says, what are you having? What are you going to have? Like they gave you your own menu right there. That's yours. You just order, you just order what you want off that. I don't do that for you anymore. And I'll tell her, I, I, I'm going to have the fettuccine. And then she'll say, oh, that's what I was going to have. <laughs> it's a restaurant. They'll make one for everybody. There's not. <laughs> There's not one of each of those. That would be a terrible system. That's today's fettuccine. <laughs> Cross it off. There is uh, four girls in her family. She has three sisters. And uh, I don't know if there's any new relationships in here. I don't know if this will help yours, um, if we could agree on this as a group. Ladies, if we do something in your dream, how about that's not our fault? <laughs> yeah. One morning, she seemed upset. And I said, are you OK? And she said, I had a dream. You slept with my sister. <laughs> and I said, I've had that dream. Uh, I've, I've also had that dream. Which sister was your dream? About. Her name is Jennifer, but she only has one N in it. One N Jen. Yeah. School. I got one other person. Uh, this is how it happened. When she was born, it was her dad's job to fill out the birth certificate. And he went, Jennifer, and the mother looked and said, Jennifer has two N's. And the dad said, why? She's one end gen now, that's, yeah. And other people have been coming up to me after shows and telling me that it is not uncommon for dads to misspell stuff on birth certificates. Yeah, a guy came up, he said, hi, my name is Andre. My parents agreed it was gonna be Andrew. Dad had a pub to get to, Andre, good enough. I got some cars to hand out, I'll see you later. See you later. It is, uh, it is an honor to do this CBC stuff. And, and I like, as we get older, 20 years in stand-up comedy, somebody asked me the other day, what's the smallest show you've done? And this is true. The smallest show I have done in 20 years was in Chase, BC. Mm -hmm. Sure, if you're from Chase. Perhaps you're familiar with a little pub in a little strip mall. It was about 10 years ago. I walk in, and the manager sees me come in and says, is comedy tonight? <laughs> And I said, yes, he read the contract wrong. Yeah, and he thought it was a week later. That's how they've been promoting it. So when I was there, he said, look, we're just gonna pay you. You don't have to do the show. My mistake, here's the check. And there were two old guys sitting at the bar and I said, we're doing the show. That's how much I love this job. Those two old guys did not want comedy. When the music shut off, and they had to stop talking. They were not happy. They hated my guts. I had the best time ever. I think about those guys all the time. They were like the two Muppets in the balcony. It was doing a show just for Statler and Waldorf. They, they were like, this show isn't half bad. It's all bad. They...
they, they did not enjoy it. Here's just a, a random thought for you, and this will help you. If there's anybody in here who doesn't think the patriarchy exists, if you don't think men have called the shots for way too long, I have some proof we have, and you can use this to win any debate. In the 1950s, there was a woman who invented a device that would help you retrieve your canned goods from the back of your cupboard or pantry. You just went like this with a little tray, a little spin, whoop, there's my cream corn. Did they call her Innovative Susan? <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted there to be a pandemic. I don't think anybody would have voted for one, have the world shut down for a year and a half. That, that wasn't a good time. But if you had to pick a point from like any time in history, you would have picked 2020. That's the year you would have picked, right? Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, CBC Gem. You had some TV watching to do. <laughs> Can you imagine if coronavirus would have happened in the days of blockbuster video? You would not have been able to get a new release for years. <laughs> Begging a Blockbuster employee to go through the return bin. Can you please check the return bin? I'm tired of watching Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> if you're wondering if that's the funniest movie for that joke, it is. I went through about 40 different movies. Harry and the Hendersons almost worked. Short Circuit, Adventures in Babysitting. Ernest Goes to Camp was the funniest movie. And for anybody in here who was too young to remember Ernest, he was a lovable character. And he had a catchphrase. And it was, you know what I mean, Vern? That was his catchphrase. <laughs> but for the young humans in the crowd, there was no Vern. We were all Vern. Okay. <laughs> I think people in our 40s and 50s pioneered so many things. I don't know if anybody here has done an escape room or a puzzle room. People in our 40s and 50s, that was our invention because the bar would let out, 2 a.m., some friendly stranger would say, you want to come to a house party? And you go, I sure do, friendly stranger. <laughs> and the next day, you'd wake up in an unfamiliar basement <laughs> with a beach towel as a blanket. Step one was always find a light switch. Where am I? Phone bill. You get upstairs and look for something with an address on it. Use 411 to call a taxi and you'd feel bad because that cost 25 cents back then. And you'd be like, there you go, that's, that's what that is. I have done the Just for Laughs Festival. Montreal is a beautiful city. I'd never been before I did the festival. And that was great. They have a subway system there. It's called the Metro. And the first time I went to ride it, it was packed. It was rush hour. And they made an announcement over the intercom. And the announcement was, was something like this. It was like, Pamplemousse. <laughs> Ferrajaca. <laughs> I'm not exactly fluent. Everybody on the platform starts to leave. I am standing there by myself waiting for the announcement in English. They do not make it in English. I was like, uh, could I have that in English? Por favor. <laughs> I got home, I found out it was a bomb threat. Yeah, they might as well have said, if you only speak English, au revoir. 
I know that one. <laughs> you can't sneak that by me. I had a, uh, an Australian say to me, teach me something interesting about Canada. And what I told him, I thought, I mean, it's common knowledge, I would say more than half the people in here know about this fun little fact about our country. But when I told him, it blew his mind. And every time I told it on stage in Australia, they were completely blown away. And this is what it is. There's a town in northern Manitoba called Churchill. Now, Churchill was built on the Hudson's Bay. That's how they would transport the furs over to England during fur trading days. So they would portage it up there and take the rivers. They'd get them there, and they'd send the beaver pelts and everything overseas. They did not realize when they built the town that they built it on a polar bear migratory route. (laughs) Yeah. Twice a year, polar bears migrate through the town of Churchill. You can go on tours and watch them. Uh, Here's a fun fact about the town. It is against the law. It is illegal to lock your car doors in Churchill, Manitoba. If your car is parked at your house, in your driveway, and your doors are locked, you will get a ticket. You get a fine. Because if somebody is being chased by a polar bear... (laughs) They have to be able to jump into whatever vehicle is closest for shelter. Yeah, fun fact. Also, an opportunity for a pretty good prank. (laughs) If you saw your friend running to your car and you were like, gluk, gluk. (laughs) Not funny for him, he died. But you guys, you guys have been absolutely beautiful. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks for having me. That was Lars Kaliu, and you can find more of him at his website, extralars.com. One quick announcement to make if you are going to be in and around the Toronto area on Friday, March 8th for International Women's Day. We are doing a live recording at the Comedy Bar on the Danforth and it is aptly called the Queens of Comedy. The show is hosted by Deb Kimmett and will feature Rush Kazi, Bria Hebert, Kelly Zemnikis and four-time winner of Best Female Stand-Up Comedy at the Canadian Comedy Awards, Laurie Elliott. You can get your tickets now via our website, cbc.ca slash laugh out loud. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to our show. This next comedian is someone I've had the pleasure to watch for the entirety of his career. He is constantly writing and performing. He tours all around the world, and his hustle is exceptional, although he's about to tell you differently. From the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, here is Nitish Sakuja. What's up, guys? Sick. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming out. I know it's such a scary time. There's so much going on in the world. I don't know what's real anymore. You know, inflation, UFOs, war. I don't know what's going on. The other day I saw a dog. That's not the crazy part. <laughs> you ever seen a dog that looks like it has more money than you? dog was wearing a leather jacket 
It had fur, it was wearing a chain. You ever been scared of a dog, but it's not fear, right? It's like a socioeconomical thing. This dog is in a different tax bracket than me. This dog had pockets. Most women don't have pockets. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's real. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is. Some people say that we should go back to living like our ancestors, right? Hunter-gatherers. The problem with that is, deep down, I know I'm not a hunter, all right? <laughs> the problem is, I'm also not a gatherer, all right? <laughs> I'm a purchaser, you understand? <laughs> I'm comfortable. I need some sort of currency to exist for me to exist. I wouldn't mind going back to like medieval times where, you know, you would just pay people in a sack and they don't even look in it, they just go like this. Hmm. I would thrive in that time. So many little pebbles in my sacks. I don't know, now we have to work, you know? You guys have jobs? You look at me like I'm crazy. Uh, I've done enough mushrooms to know that none of us should have jobs, okay? <laughs> but we do it. I'm at work right now. Do I want to be here? Not really, but I'm here, all right? Thank you. <laughs> I leave my feelings at the door and I provide exemplary customer service, all right? I'm at work. I can appreciate when someone comes to work and they have a good time at their work and they make you have a good time because it's like, it sucks that you have to work, you know? <laughs> like you ever get on a bus and the bus driver's wearing racing gloves, right? <laughs> this guy loves the bus, do you understand? <laughs> Those gloves didn't come with the uniform. <laughs> this guy went off shift to the mall, probably took the bus there, all right? tried on a bunch of different gloves, and he's like, these are the ones. <laughs> now he sits on the bus, leather glove, touches a leather wheel, he goes, oh yeah. <laughs> I can appreciate that. That's cool, that's what you need to do. It sucks to work. When I was 14, I started working at Cineplex. And I think that's, uh, that's where I started smoking weed, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> it's too young to start smoking weed, I think, because you're just starting to have your own original thoughts, right? And now you're ruining it, right? With weed, still original thoughts, just weird, right? <laughs> I was working the till one day. I got so high, I confused time and money, all right? <laughs> Smoking this joint, and I'm like, how come time goes to 60, but money goes to 100, right? <laughs> and I thought about it too hard, and for a couple hours, I was giving the wrong change, right? <laughs> Cause I was giving time change, you know? Uh, I should have been giving money change. Um, but my whole life they told me time is money. No, it's not. It doesn't equal the same thing at all. Uh, nothing is real, everything's a lie. I don't know. I think the worst job you can have is working in an office. I don't care what you do in that office, you could literally organize fun, all right? 
It's the worst job. You're there early, your pants are tucked into your shirt, your arm can only go up to here. <laughs> Fake good morning? Shoot me in the face if I ever have to do that again. I don't know, I don't know what's real, man. You have to work just so you can go on vacation because you need money. I was just in Mexico, I was on an all-inclusive vacation. And the thing that sucks about being on an all-inclusive vacation is you come home and you realize that your life is not inclusive at all. <laughs> I wake up every morning, I'm like, senor, <laughs> you know? And it's just my girlfriend, right? <laughs> I have so many $1 bills, nobody to tip, right? <laughs> I give them to her, but she does nothing. I miss, I miss the buffet, that was the only good part. Because you can't leave. They tell you not to leave. And then you realize, I just paid $2,000 to be in a luxury resort that's like a prison, all right? <laughs> I'm stuck here. But tacos. <laughs> I love tacos. But I'll be honest, I prefer Taco Bell. <laughs> People judge me, but I was born and raised on Taco Bell, all right? Now, I don't recommend somebody who's never eaten Taco Bell to go eat Taco Bell. That's not what I'm saying at all, all right? <laughs> I was raised on Taco Bell. If you, a grown man, decides to eat Taco Bell after never eating Taco Bell, that's like going to Mexico and chugging tap water, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Buddy, you're not from here. <laughs> Can't just eat Taco Bell. <laughs> Growing up, Taco Bell had a commercial that said, Taco Bell, now 80% almost beef. 80% of almost is not even almost, is almost almost. What's real? I don't know. You can't trust anything. You can't even trust yourself. Like I'm an Indian guy, born and raised. Or so I was told, all right? I got my DNA test done. Turns out I'm 73% Middle Eastern Afghani, only 23% Punjabi, and 4% Tamil. <laughs> what is going on? I feel like my life is a lie, but it does make sense that I'm Afghani. First of all, my face. Um, <laughs> my favorite way to eat meat is when it's spun around a fire, right? I oppose my government, all right? <laughs> and if I'm being honest, I'm pretty rude to women, you know? Just trying to embrace my culture for my people. <laughs> Look, we're all just trying to make money so we can escape, so we can get out. We just want to be free. And I've been lucky, I've been traveling, I've been doing a lot of traveling and performing in different countries, and I've learned that every country is so different, right? Like in America, if you say something outrageous on stage, the land of corporate greed, you can say anything you want on stage, people look at you and they go, man, can he say that? It's very different in Canada. They're like, can I hear that? In China, they're like, can I think that? In Afghanistan, if they see a woman driving, they're like, can she do that? <laughs> this has been my first Winnipeg Comedy Fest. You guys have been an amazing audience. Please say for your retirement.
That is Nitish Sakuja with a slightly unorthodox closing request asking you to save for your retirement. Good advice, though. You can find more of Nitish online and his comedy special called Person is available for free on YouTube right now. That is it for our show. My thanks today to the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, the Okanagan Comedy Festival, the Rotary Center for the Arts, as well as sound engineers Brian Harder, Corey Haberstock, and Jared Hillel. And a special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. And thank you for listening to Laugh Out Loud on CBC Radio 1. My name is Ali Hassan. I'll see you back here real soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.